You're live. Do you need this? Yeah, yeah, I'm just kidding. I hit the big one. Good morning. Well, Brad asked me to speak on something about motherhood, and I'm thinking that's a broad subject. But I, I, started, I, started, I started writing, you know, and so I'm going to read it because I'm not that big of good a speaker anyway, but I'm afraid I'll leave something out or say it wrong. So uh, <clears throat> I, as I thought about it, I really wanted to honor God as he is the total reason that we are so blessed as parents, Larry and me. Starting out, Larry and I were each raised in a Christian home where we were taught to love Jesus and also to learn the Bible. Both sets of our parents were always involved with our children. The kids stayed at their grandparents' houses a lot as they were growing up. They knew that they were always loved by them also. Our families gave us blessings by their teachings and their modeling. Larry and I realized that we were very blessed by God and that we, ha we have tried to glorify God all of our married life. We love serving Jesus. We have led youth groups over many years during, earlier in our marriage. I guess you could say that I mothered lots of kids and Larry modeled what a good father is like. Before we were married, a doctor told us that I might not be able to have children because of a medical condition. Larry married me anyway and we began to pray for children. God blessed us with three healthy children, praise God. <laughs> Two girls, Cindy and Christy, and a boy, Andy. When Andy, our, young, our boy, our only boy and youngest child was two weeks old, he developed a high fever and was hospitalized. Again, we prayed. The second day, our doctor, a Christian, came to check Andy. While he was there, our pastor at the time came to visit. Coincidence? I don't think so. We knew better. Our doctor, asked, our doctor asked if we would all pray with him. So the three of us prayed together for Andy. The next day, his fever was gone and he was released. As a mother, you can, you can imagine the roller coaster of emotions, but God is so good and he chose to heal Andy. I always thought that God had sent two angels that day. When Andy was a year old, he developed pneumonia. I always called him our, a hard starter. <laughs> the girls were easy. Andy was a hard starter. Larry and I prayed, and thankfully, God chose to heal him again. Today, he's a strong, healthy man who loves the Lord. In fact, his three children were just all recently baptized by their father on the same day. God is so faithful. <laughs> Hang on, I gotta move. <laughs> Cheat sheets, come on. There really aren't too many of them, believe me, that's all right. <laughs> it's not gonna be that long. Okay. As our children grew, we took them to church and Sunday school every Sunday and to Bible studies and church activities through the week. The kids experienced church and a relationship with Jesus as a basic part of their life. You hear of kids being drugged? I guess we drug ours to church. <laughs> How we raised our children was intentional. We always tried to point them to the Lord. We prayed frequently for their salvation. We wanted them to become good citizens of both God's kingdom and of our country. Larry and I prayed together, for nearly, prayed together nearly every night for them and many others. We still do. 
When the kids were small, I read Bible stories to them frequently. Sometimes we would have great discussions. Children are like tender shoots. They need nourishment to grow strong. We also hope that by establishing conversation at a young age, that they would bring home other issues and be willing to discuss them with us. I was very blessed to be a stay-at-home mom with the kids until the youngest, Andy, was in kindergarten. We decided at that time to send them to public school so they could face various situations while they were living at home so that we could help guide them. They were encouraged to discuss things with us. Johnstown, where they went, had many Christians who taught at that time. We, are, we prayed that we could teach our children a Christian worldview as they went through school. We felt as though we were preparing arrows to send out into a hurting world. As it turned out, every one of them chose to do some missionary work. We encouraged them to grow and follow their interests within a framework of a Christian family. Once, we let the three of them plan a family vacation. They were young. Remember, they were young. <laughs> Uh, we told them the budget and the time allotment, but they had to work together as a team to do it. They often fought, as most siblings do, and, but this time they were together for a common and fun goal. We had a wonderful trip out west, camping every night. We had very little fussing from them. Being a mother wasn't always easy or fun, but I had a very supportive husband, and God was always at the heart of our family. God has blessed us with three adult children who honor him, and they each married a Christian spouse. They are all teaching and modeling for our nine grandchildren how to love the Lord. Each one is, a very, is very different from the other, but we all have unity in the Lord. I relied on Proverbs 22.6. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. As a mother, I found that I had to rely on God to help me nurture the children and love them unconditionally. He taught me how to have lots of grace with them. It was not always easy, and I often failed at it, but he brought me through it all and blessed me, even though I didn't often deserve it. Motherhood was probably the greatest adventure of my life. I always think of faithfulness when I think of Sonny and Larry. Such, such a blessing to the church. Young lady. Still live. The new generation. You have your notes on your phone. How you like that? Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. And, um... Not just to mothers, but I think wives and even just women in general who are extremely nurturing. Not everybody was blessed to have babies of their own and um, possibly even a husband or a family of their own. But we know we were built and made to be nurturers uh, by God. And um, I just want to honor uh, everyone today, not just the mommies. Um, so Pastor Brad wanted me to say some of my experience about being a mother. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you've never been a mother before, if you enjoy being peed on, puked on, pooped on, <laughs> thrown up on, <laughs> spit upon, sneezed on, snotted on, um, 
you should try it sometime. <laughs> All that being said, um, motherhood is one of the biggest blessings and treasures that you can have uh, from God, and it's just absolutely amazing. And so I guess I will start from the beginning. Um, when I was about 18 years old, I was dating a Christian man um, that I thought was following in the Lord's footsteps and was a good man, and long story short, um, not every man is what they say they are. We'll just put it that way. And after months and months of uh, hardship and uh, figuring that out, um, one night I was praying um, to the Lord, and I was crying because this man ended up being just terrible, just terrible. And I told God, God, I am done. I am not going to get married. I am not going to have any children. <laughs> and... <laughs> I'm going to live on my own, have my puppy doggies in a little horse farm, and that is what I'm going to do. And while I was praying, God gave me a vision of my firstborn child, and it was so tangible and real that I could smell her. And I immediately wow. sobbed, started sobbing, and I told God, okay, God. I will do whatever you want. I, we will do it your way. We will do it your way. And so since then, uh, that's what I've tried to do. And so if you see our back row, we're doing it God's way. <laughs> so um, I look at being a, a wife and a mommy as a mission field. This is my mission I think sometimes as moms, um, especially in this day today, people want to put a value on you with a name. What are you? What do you do? Where, you know, what degree do you have? And honestly, God's mission for women, mothers, is to be homemakers and to nurture our children and love them, to train them up in the way they should go. And when they are older, they won't depart from it. Um, I look at it as we're raising the next generations of warriors for Christ. So if you know what a warrior goes through, the training, uh, you know, everything they go through, that is what you mamas are doing for your children and for your family. Um, Colossians 3.23 is very strong. I actually tell my kids it somewhat regularly, but whatever you do, do it with all your heart for the Lord. And that is something that is very strong in me for my kitties. Um, I just want to encourage you mamas to run the, way, the race well. It is hard. <laughs> it is a hard race. Um, but it is so worth it. It is so worth it. Sometimes it is so weary, but I want to encourage you. It is so worth it. Um, seeing as how I am pregnant <laughs> with our sixth baby, <laughs> you know the Maxwells obviously have a great sense of humor, so I wanted to entertain you mamas just a little bit this morning instead of talking to you about hardships and all the things you do, because most of the, I think the mamas here know all the things that you have to do as a Christian mama to maintain your home. So if you don't mind, I wanted to just say a few jokes to you this morning just to entertain our mamas. Um, 
So there is a guy that says, I asked a police recruit during an exam, what would you do if you had to arrest your mother? And he looked at me and said, call for backup. (laughs) (laughs) There is a mom and a son that was out, and a mom said, look at that kid over there. He's not misbehaving. And the son looks at the mom and said, maybe he has good parents then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is all in jest. This is all in jest. So, So, uh, as a mother, silence is golden. (laughs) Unless you have kids, and then silence is suspicious. I hate when I'm waiting for mom to cook dinner. And then I remember, I am the mom. (laughs) And I have to cook dinner. (laughs) You know it. Y'all know it. (laughs) It's a good laugh, good laugh. So at my age and all my children, I'm no longer a snack. I'm a Happy Meal. And I come with toys and a lot of kids. Um, you know you have a mom's voice when your mom's voice is so loud that even your neighbors brush their teeth and get dressed. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's okay. <laughs> you know you're a mom when you understand why Mama's Bear's porridge was too cold all the time. Yeah. You do. Yeah. You usually eat last, and you serve first. There was a mom and a son, and the son said, Mom, stop making jokes. You're not funny. (laughs) And the mom looked at the son and said, I made you, didn't I? It's a joke. It's just a jest. (laughs) And uh, the last joke I'll leave you on, by the way, It is extremely beneficial and a huge blessing to have a great man at your side and being a mama. So I did want to honor my hubby this morning. But the last joke is in jest, (laughs) but it says, what three words solve dad's every problem? Ask your mother. Dina, have you heard of Utica's Got Talent? Stand up routine waiting for you. Well, our next speaker, I have to admit, she's my favorite. Near and dear to my heart. Nobody will know what. Sometimes, sometimes, what, I don't, I, I don't, do you like the word stepmom? I just don't like it, but I don't know why, what word should I use? Mother. Bonus mom? Mother. Just trying to explain, you know, Pam came into the deal and got two kids in the deal. I don't know you say it that way, but I'm really excited to hear what she has to say. I really am. So Pam, come on up and share with us. So Sonny used notes, <laughs> Dina used the phone, And I'm using both. (laughs) 
Okay, so I probably won't look at you too much because, just because. <laughs> but uh, I was curious about the origins of Mother's Day, so I looked it up, and it was an Anna Jarvis of Philadelphia, whose mother had organized women's groups to promote friendship and health, originated Mother's Day. On May 12, 1907, she held a memorial service at her late mother's church in Grafton, West Virginia. Within five years, virtually every state was observing the day, and in 1914, U.S. President Woodrow Wilson made it a national holiday. And although Jarvis had promoted, wait, I want to read that part. Uh, she spent the last years of her life trying to abolish the holiday because of how it got commercialized. She didn't like that at all. And uh, Mother's Day uh, can be a very difficult day for a lot of reasons for a lot of people whether you uh, had, a, had or have a bad mother, an abusive mother, or uh, you have children and they're wayward or your relationship with them is just very strained, or you've experienced the loss of a child through abortion, miscarriage, poor choices in your life, or weren't able to have them because of infertility, or like Dina said, you just were never in a position to even try to have kids. And then there's step parenting, which Brad mentioned, which is a whole different ball game. And then there's women who adopt children, and from what I've heard, can be difficult too. But we are told, well, Moses told the Israelites, in Exodus 20:12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And you think, well, that's Old Testament. We're in the New, New Testament beyond time, so we don't need to worry ourselves about that. Wrong. Uh, Jesus quoted that verse and uh, others like it in the New Testament. And then Paul, in Ephesians 6:2. It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And I, I was looking up what honor meant in Hebrew and Greek and the dictionary and all that, and it's like, it was just boggling my mind. So uh, it's uh, I like a can of worms. <laughs> but... Uh, we are told to honor our mother, and it's not an honor your mother if she's loving, she's kind, she's thoughtful, she's this or that. We are told to honor, period. And it's not easy. I know it's not. I was blessed uh, with a good mom. Uh, she wasn't without her own issues, but, uh, you know, most people aren't. Uh, she battled depression most of her adult life, and at times it did have an effect on our family, but uh, she wasn't abusive physically and all that, which I know a lot of people experience that. A lot of people have 
mothers with mental illness, and it, it's hard. I, I can't even imagine. My, I guess you call them my stepkids. They're not, they're my kids, but uh, technically stepkids. Their birth mother is a difficult mother, and so I've had to walk, we've had to walk with them through that over the years. So I, I know kind of in a secondhand way what it's like to have a mother like that. But uh, despite how our mother is or isn't, we are told, not just with our mothers, but since this is Mother's Day, uh, to walk in forgiveness and to not walk in bitterness and uh, I read this when I was looking up different things. I came across this thing. It said, forgiveness is a choice you make. And it's several choices. First, you have to choose to accept God's forgiveness. Then you have to choose to forgive others, including your mother. Although in some things I read, uh, probably even more so your mother than the average person you come across. And finally, you have to choose to allow God to handle judgment and justice uh, where wow. people are concerned, including your mother. Wow. So, anyway. Is that it? That's it. Powerful, Pam. Thank you, honey. I'm very proud of all you ladies. You did great. All different, huh? Different personalities. What a, I, I'm just so proud of Pam because she's come such a long way. And, uh, you know, and on that point she's making, I never thought a lot about, we had Mother's Day. And I, hey, Mother's Day. And that, that was my thought. I'm sorry I can be oblivious. I can be. I don't understand sometimes, but Pam really brought my attention. Brad, this was a few years back. You know, Brad, you know, some people have very strained relationships with their mother. Or some people have had abortions or miscarriages or they're infertile and all these things that she mentioned. I thought, you know, I didn't think about that. For some, and some people love their mothers and they would give anything for one more day with their mother. Anybody like that? Just like see your mom again. Hey, I got good news for you. You're going to. Amen. Just don't blow it and serve the devil. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But it is like just a challenge and I never knew that and almost it, it brings weeping on me sometimes because I know what a challenge it is if you've had a bad mom no mom I deal with a lot of crazy people in my life I meet a lot of crazy people and a lot of times they have parental issues so we do celebrate motherhood and we don't apologize for that because being a mom is so essential to the health and welfare of a child but we also understand situations people are in and the challenges they face. And God wants to give grace in those situations. And think about that a lot this week. God wants to give grace in those situations. It's challenging to be a pastor in this day and age because everybody wants to box you up. Just recently, you know, abortion has really come in the news, hasn't it? And with this uh, really duplicitous leakage of confidential information out in the news, I didn't even know about it, and someone told me about it. But, you know, about a possible overturning of Roe versus Wade, I've seen reactions. And, of course, 
people that I agree with and people that I don't. I even reached out to a person that I don't agree with. And I did it in message. I didn't blast them on Facebook because I love them. And two, I really want to talk to them because I don't feel like they understand me. They don't really know what they were saying. I go, that's not me. And, and yet I'm, I am definitely pro-life. I believe God's pro-life. And so I'm, I'm actually reaching out to talk to this person because I'm like, hey, that's not who we are. And you have a misunderstanding about what it means to be pro-life. So, but even though things sometimes don't go right in our life, or we have, you know, ladies here that have, I know probably had abortions and, you know, I'm sure they've repented and these things are challenging. God wants to bring grace on that. However, God does have a standard, doesn't he? And I want to say confidently, not arrogantly, but God's idea was man and woman. And, you know, I can make jokes. I don't want to make jokes. God made men and women, and I don't see a lot of young singles here, but he didn't mean for you to live with two different men or three or ten before you got married. He didn't mean for you to have casual sex with your boyfriend. He meant for us, and, and look, I didn't meet the standard. So if you're young and single and you haven't met the standard, I didn't meet it either. So I have no stones to throw, right? I didn't make it the, uh, my marriage virtuous. So I'm not throwing stones at you. But the reason God did this, this is his plan. There'd be a man and there would be a woman. And that that man and woman would come together in the glory of God and they would get married as a unit. The man, and the Bible uses the word head, and I look at it as a protection, a covering, a lover of the woman, protecting the family, and really providing for and covering. It doesn't mean a woman can't work. Husbands and wives have to work all those things out. But and a woman comes up under that and loves and nurtures her husband and her family. And people have, in our day and age, people have different roles and they do different things. To me, that's between the husband and wife. You guys work that out. But it doesn't change the spiritual dynamic of the man being the protector in the head and the woman coming up under that and when a man and a woman love each other and make a commitment under God now I'm talking to Christians here if you're not a Christian you're not walking God's way I suppose you're going to do what you're going to do anyways right right oh you guys are Christians oh. but in God's economy and God's lifestyle we get married then we have family and these are our children and no one's perfect we got some great fathers and mothers in the congregation but we do our best to bring those children up under the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Do we always succeed at that? No, I don't think we do. Not everybody. The Bible gives us promises that if we bring our children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, that they will come to him. We have to stand in faith and believe for that. But that's the goal. And we believe in that unapologetically. Man and woman under God, married, raising children. Folks, that is the healthiest, that is the most stable environment for children, that is the healthiest environment for children, and that's God's way. And anything outside of that is really outside of God's plan. And as Christians, we don't throw stones at people, do we? It's something I always struggle with again as a pastor because I deal with people that's lives are broken. My life wasn't perfect when I came to God. You know, when I came back, to God had to put it together. 
I was a single dad with two children. I wasn't doing well. Had a had a bad marriage. I made mistakes all through uh, growing up. The Lord bringing Pam into my life was a part of my healing as a human being. He brought Pam into my life. So, folks, there's tons of grace out there when we don't do it right and don't do it perfect. But it doesn't change God's desire because God loves children, He loves families, and there is a better way, isn't there? There, there really is a better way. And we don't need to be ashamed of it. We should not be ashamed of it. Yet, at the same time, we should always have mercy and grace on others, especially people that come into the church and they're not perfect. They got struggles. We want to be very patient. We've had people in our church that have struggled. We continue to pray for some that are still struggling. I saw this book. It made me laugh. Brian, you can't have this book. You know, I'll let you know right now uh, when we're done. But it made me laugh. It, it, it's part of my dualistic thinking. It says, how to pick up a stripper. <laughs> And Pam said, you got to show that in church today? <laughs> yes, I am. Isn't that something? How to pick up a stripper. What do you think this book is about? That's good. That's very good. Good. That's very... <laughs> Evelyn, that was perfect. Very good. Very good. It, it, says, it says, serving people just as they are, how to pick up a stripper and other acts of kindness. This guy's ministry, they went out to strip bars and ministered to women that were broken. Women that came from uh, single parent, no parent, drug parents on drugs, women that were selling their bodies. And this church went out to these strip houses and rather than condemn them and judge them, they went out and they were loving on those women and offering them the gospel. And one of my big challenges as a Christian, and even politically, and I, you know, I am so conservative in so many ways, and yet I love people, and it's such a challenge because I know God's law and His righteousness, I know truth, I know how God wants us to live, and you want to go out in the world with the cape on, and what do you see when you go out in this world with your cape on, when you go try to help people, or you want to, what do you see? See a lot of brokenness, see a lot of failure see a lot of unworthiness, people that don't feel like they measure up or could never walk into a church or, you know, and it's such a challenge because as the church to Christian men, like I've told Jeff this, I'm looking at you, I got you, Jeff. I've told men this many times, it's like with Jeff, it's, if Jeff messes up, I feel totally confident and good. I could go up and rebuke Jeff and he could rebuke me. He's a brother in the Lord. I expect something from Jeff, right? But we have broken people that it's just got to be a little different, doesn't it? So God believes in families. I'm sure God's pro-life. I'm sure God doesn't want any young mother's daughter to become a stripper. But at the same time, it's this thing where we have to hold out hands of love and mercy to people that have failed or are failing. Amen? It's called the grace of God. And at Grace Point, I always want us to keep that in balance. I want to promote holiness. I want to promote righteousness. We have young girls that come into the church and single and they're having kids and we love them so much. And we want, to, but we, we want them to live different. We want them to be blessed. We want them to see God's way and what a blessing it is when you do things God's way and, and all the rewards in it. And, and yet, life doesn't always work out the way we want for other people, does it? 
So at Grace Point, I want to offer us to hold this balance that while we want to aim for pure and holy lives and to, to uh, serve God and follow Him, we also want to be a very merciful church and always reaching out to people in their dilemma and in their pain and their hurt. Amen? And that is a balance, isn't it? And I think only God can do that. You know, I, I, take, take the issue of abortion. You know, I, I think I could go, and I have before, I'm sure I could go on and just, it, it's wrong, isn't it? It can fire your blood up. You can be angry and, you know, it, 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 it can just fire you up. Then on the other hand, you can run into somebody that's gone through an abortion or gone through loss or even anything, and then they're hurt by that. They're damaged by that. They need love in that. They need grace in that. And somehow they need to see the face of Jesus in that too. Amen? Don't you think that's kind of a dichotomy? It's trying to hold on to all this. And I, I do. And I think this about a lot of things. I'm like, man, Lord, I, these, you know, these kids, they shouldn't be doing this and shouldn't be doing that. And they need to live this way and li live that way. And how do you preach a holy, righteous God, which he is, and God's grace. Andrew Walmack, you guys like, he said that he did more for God, he lived more holy for God when he really understood God's grace, what God's grace was really all about, that God pouring in grace and pouring in love. How many of you, by an act of God's grace, your lives were totally changed when you experienced God's grace? Amen? That's what it takes. It takes God's grace working in our lives. So we go out and we're raising the standard of righteousness and we're raising the standard of holiness. I just ask us to remember that. I'm meeting people all the time that are broken and hurting. So I thank Pam and I thank others that have turned me on to the idea that Mother's Day is a wonderful thing. We celebrate it to all you, the mothers out there. But we also always want to keep in mind that while we're celebrating and thanking God, there's always hurting, suffering people that we're reaching out to. Amen? Anybody ever wants to talk about stuff like this, I'm always available. Now, I want to do something, and I don't know who might need this, but Linda, Ken's teaching Sunday school, isn't he? Would you come up, and Charlie, Jeff and Evan, would you guys come up here, please? Before we dismiss, it's 10 till, it's 9 till, we're early. I want to ask you to respond if you need to. If you have any needs in your family, Pam, why don't you come on up? Stand with me. If you have any needs in your family, maybe you have unsaved loved ones or you're struggling or you need God's grace in your life, there's imperfections, we want to pray for you today. And I don't want you to leave until you get that prayer. Maybe you have a heartache or a heartbreak that we don't know about. You don't have to tell everybody. Or you can come up and pray. I want to offer prayer. So before we dismiss today, I want to do this. Or you might be going through a, a battle, a private battle, where you're really struggling, and you know what God wants in your life, but it's just such a struggle, and you need God's grace in it, and you need God's help in it. We want to offer God's grace to you today. So I, I don't know how else to do this, but if you need prayer, I'm going to dismiss. Everybody hold tight. If you need prayer, just come up. I don't know how else to do this. Grab somebody. Does anybody need prayer? Come on up, come on up. There's three of you. I know there's more. You might have, yeah, Mandy, come on up. And, and then once we get everybody kind of up here ready to go, I'm going to go ahead and pray and dismiss. Anybody else, there's an area in your life where you need God's grace in it? Come on up, Sandy.
okay? There's no music, there's no fanfare. Maybe there's something else in your life that you need prayer for today. It's not even related to family, but you need God's grace in that area. God wants to extend that. And I'll tell you, the first thing God's going to do when he works your miracle is he's going to change you.